नमस्ते जय हिंद वेलकम टू अनदर एडिशन ऑफ एन आई पॉडकास्ट विद स्मिता प्रकाश वॉट इज अ स्पाई लाइक इज एन आर ए डब्ल्यू ऑफिसर सम वॉट लाइक वॉट सलमान खान वॉज इन एक था टाइगर और समथिंग लाइक अक्षय कुमार इन बेबी और इज एन आर ए डब्ल्यू एजेंट सम वॉट लाइक आलिया भट्ट इन राजी इज द बॉलीवुड डिपिक्शन ऑफ आर एंड ए डब्ल्यू वेरी एक्यूरेट सम वॉट एक्यूरेट और टोटली डिफरेंट to answer these questions we have in our studios former chief of the research and analysis wing mr vikram sood who retired as a career intelligence officer in 2003 after 31 years in the rndaw mr sood is an advisor at the observer research foundation and has authored two books the unending game a former rndaw chief's insights into espionage and the ultimate goal Mr. Su, thank you so much for being part of the podcast. My team has been wanting to have you on this show for a long time, and I'm glad that you found time to come to the studio here in Delhi and talk to us. Uh, so um, I will begin with your books, and then mm. get to the meatier stuff after that. <laughs> so uh, the unending game. Uh, in this one uh, it was very interesting especially the kashmir parts uh, for some of the stuff which you don't speak about but you hint and and this one uh, about narratives um the ultimate goal so uh, for viewers listeners uh, do buy this book the unending game uh, and the other one is the ultimate goal both are available on the net you can just buy this or in bookshops so tell me mr sood um, how difficult was it to actually um you know post retirement to come out and write about your life you haven't written so much it's not it's not a personal yeah. kind of a story it's more like uh, you know a professional point of view so was it difficult to get down to doing this it was because i was i'm in service you are used to writing short notes hmm. you write on the higher up you go you have a one page or a page and a half of the pm from there to graduate to writing articles first which i did in the hindustan times and other papers then i moved on to bigger essays in journals then one day somebody suggested to me i think uh, that why don't you do a book on the basis of all your articles i said no that's not really interesting because those are time bound things you know their relevance is over 3 months or 4 months after i've written so there has to be something more than she said why don't you write a book on the intelligence i said i can't write a book on raw i won't be able to do it it's not my belief that i should write but i could i actually gave the idea of the narrative story first i said hmm. let's do that then um, she said no i don't think we should do a book which is which is based on your forte on your on your expertise on your knowledge so then i thought of the unending game where i would talk of intelligence as a concept as a profession and and a good profession but not talk about raw really except when it is relevant to to us to the chapter or to the topic i've attended uh, book events uh, I've even uh, co-hosted one of the uh, yeah. events uh, for the unending game and I attended one of your book events on the ultimate goal. I've also heard you speaking in Washington DC at the Heritage Foundation and I've always found that you rarely speak about your years in the RAW. Uh you speak about intelligence as a concept like mm-hmm. you mentioned in your book too. So um 
is that your training not to talk about your years in the RAW? It is. It is. Hmm. And I think it's also my personal inclination. Inclination not to, you know, you, you're told not to reveal secret secrets. Hmm. You're told not to brag. Because it's better to be known by your failures in my profession than to be known by your successes. Explain I tell you why. that. Yeah. I tell you why. Hmm. Because if we have succeeded in, let's say, breaking a terrorist ring, okay, and we tom tom about it, now the other side knows hmm. that they've broken this uh, ring. Hmm. How do they know? Hmm. So they do a back check. Where did they go wrong? And then uh, the chances are they will discover that that was their weakness. We don't want them to know that this is how we got it. So, if you make a mistake, people talk about it, it's all right. We take it on the jaw and move on. So, I've seen that, you know, uh, when there is an accusation made about RAW, when there is something talk about intelligence failure or anything like that, there's no spokesperson of the RAW. Nobody mm. comes out and says, hey, we didn't do wrong. No. Yes, we went wrong here. This is misinformation about us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Nothing like that. It just remains this shadowy thing nobody knows about. Why? It's been our custom or our system that don't engage. Hmm. Because if you engage, then you're going to be having to answer more questions. The more you engage, naturally there will be cross-questioning, cross-examining sort of thing that, but, you know, but this happened then and you, how do you relate it to this? So don't get into a dialogue and let the mystery remain. Let it remain with a question mark then try and solve it. But, you know, when things like Kargil Review Committee happen, when you are expected to give evidence and defend, then it's a little different. Then, then you have to uh, say it more or less openly that this is what happened, this is not what happened. And uh, how many of us know that in Kargil, the BSF was manning the heights till... Uh, 1982, and not the army, LOC Heights, the upper heights of uh, north of Kargil and north of Draz. 1982, that system was taken over by the army. But they used to pull down their troops in October and send them back in Feb or March. The BSF stayed there even when the temperature was 65 minus Celsius. Those days when the equipment wasn't what it is now. So it was very strenuous. Now, you have a Pakistan which is fretting after 1971. He is looking for something. And Musharraf must have noticed this. Or others must have noticed this. In fact, they had prepared a plan and Benazir Bhutto turned it down. He said, what if the Indians react? What will you do? To which Musharraf didn't have an adequate answer and they shelved it. But they resurrected it in 99. This is what uh, General Musharraf or the Pakistani always have done, mm. which is go in, but no plan further. No. Right? Yeah. So it, every war that they have fought was that I mean, even if you read Musharraf's book, 
it's like that it's this bravado of yeah. jumping in and somebody will take care of the mess later yeah. it is the sort of uh, self uh, self acclaimed superiority okay you know we we are yeah punjabi fighters wo to bani hai yeah what is this thing about indians being banias and so look down upon Haan, them look down upon them but why a, why should you i think it comes out from the pre partition days hmm. where the money lenders and the shopkeepers were all hindus mostly and the the muslim weren't there. so they they would in other trades and agriculture and so on and so forth and they they was the money lender the margin hmm. and so on and so forth so that kind of thing is that you know he's not as good as i am but he's just lucky he's got more money that they are vegetarians and they are baniyas baniyas this is a this is therefore, I, and therefore they don't have st- strength strength like we have the warrior strength we are the warrior class plus that we are of arabic descent arabic and plus the british definition of the muslim soldier as the warrior class hmm. the military mind okay. So, so let's come back to Kargil, which you were talking about. That the BSF didn't deinduct, mm. and the army was doing that, and that is the loophole that they saw. Mm. Now, uh, everybody knows about, or some people at least know about, how uh, when uh, Kargil happened, uh, we were caught off guard when, uh, mm-hmm. and it was, uh, it was the. Uh, so tell us now. Why should I say anything? You tell us what happened. No, was there you. intelligence failure? I tell you, in October nineteen ninety-eight. the rw center report that there is troop movement in that place of a kind that we think they are planning something big we even use the word war a quick war because they had moved troops from peace locations from mangla from gujranwala and i think lahore up to pok so we assessed that something is going to happen now you don't know at that stage what is going to happen this is a sort of half yearly assessment that this is what has been happening the past few months and now we are ready we surmise from this that they are planning something this report was not accepted what do you mean not accepted they said no it is it can't be so who does that is it the I mean, political we, leadership or is RAW it RAW is the agency that has supplied the information we make a recommendation that's where it ends okay that is for the political masters or the consumers to decide what to do with that information they said can't be what else can i say 6 months later we gave another review in in i think april uh, 99 saying that their intentions are aggressive okay during the same period this last like 8 9 months the northern command had reported a ninefold increase in the vehicular movement in that area pakistan vehicular movement ha hmm that again is a, is a, is is a, is a indicator it's a battle indicator tum kyun itna you know why so you obviously moving? ordnance was being moved ordnance was being moved Man and troops were being moved yeah something was being moved then um the two one colonel so this military intelligence and raw uh, input mm. before kargil actually happened yeah before the pakistani troops there was moved also in. there was also ib information there was also ib okay so multiple agency information went in into yeah. the uh, 
So if all this information was going in, why did the Lahore bus yatra happen? I don't know. That is the political decision. Before doing a yatra of that sort, where the prime minister takes this bold decision to go, he's already got information about from three sources. I don't know whether he got it or not. What is the chain of command then? How you know, does the information go from the, where to where? The the there was a note from the intelligence bureau chief, the DIB. I think June '98 of hectic activities in POK and saying that something is happening. Now that report was addressed to everybody. When the DIB or the secretary are rights, it goes to the head of the government. It goes to the prime minister. It goes. There was an NSA by then. Well, sort of. The PM principal secretary was principal still, secretary was doubling up as or yeah, not. Yeah, and you had the JIC then. J- okay, Joint Intelligence Committee there. The Home Secretary would know. Yeah, Cabinet Secretary. The would Cabinet know. Secretary would know. The Home Minister would know. I should imagine so. Yes. Right now, all all of them knew that there was some kind. Tell me, at that time also, I remember or previously, people used to keep saying, "Ye to intelligence report aate hi rehte hain." Huh? It happened even when the Bombay uh, blast Every happened. Every time they say this, that you know, uh, they tend to say that these such inputs are coming. Every month, these people send intelligence wale bhejte hain ki ha, Pakistan is going to do this. So there's that attitude of a lackadaisical attitude, maybe misplaced, yep. but it was there that uh, too much of this kind of information coming. That happens. I mean, they so can also wolf. say the boy who cried wolf. This is coming. Hmm. And there may be instances of uh, people sending out uh, half-baked reports, maybe. But you were very specific. You think all these three, the IB, MI, and REW, is specific. When you do an assessment, hmm. a six-monthly assessment, which a person of at least a brigadier's rank or a director's rank is sending to the government, to the Joint Intelligence Committee, he's not going to do it. Uh, hmm. You know, just yes. for the fun of it, okay. he would be a considered assessment. Hmm. Now, it is an assessment for you to accept or reject. It is, it is never done or never should be done that an intelligence agency acts on its own information. So, Kargil, in a way, we had the enemy within our land, right? Uh, and then they were thrown out for various reasons. What happened post Kargil? Whether it was the Americans who put pressure on Nawaz Sharif, whether our own soldiers had a success on the ground by throwing them back, but they pushed back. Let's go before that. Let's go to Operation Meghdoot, uh, which was Siachen. Yeah. Okay. Right. I had uh, on the podcast General Kulkarni here, mm-hmm. uh, and he talked about how uh, Indian troops went and occupied the Siachen glacier. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, uh, in the interview, he mentions General Hoon, mm-hmm. and he says about how General Hoon uh, played that role. He went and got the equipment yep. and things, and then he also mentioned that you were uh, station chief in Srinagar at that time, mm-hmm. and you gave the intel also, and the intel came in from MI and RAW that Pakistan was buying winter gear. Winter gear. So tell me about Austria. that from Austria. From Austria. Yeah. You gave that information yeah. at that time? And did you suspect that it was to launch an operation? You know, we had a, a 
General Hoon and I had a discussion on this in his uh, headquarters. And I remember... Srinagar. The, Srinagar. Hmm. I remember the exquisite kaiva he gave me. Mm-hmm. Never mind. But, you know, we had a discussion, you know, and it's obvious that uh, when you buy such equipment, there has to be a purpose. It's not for tourism. Because prior to that, the Pakistanis were trying to send tourist groups from POK across Skardu and beyond uh, under that gap, trying to find out more intelligence and also encouraging the belief that all this belongs to them. That this area north of the LOC is all theirs actually and they want to occupy it. So that had to be stopped. General Kulkarni called it cartographic aggression. That that's what they were doing, mm-hmm. and uh, the intel that was provided to the army at that stage was that this is what they were doing. They were slowly, like what the Inching Chinese forward, are doing, yeah, yeah salami yeah, slicing. Yeah, yeah. Slowly, you take it, uh-huh. and then you pass the word around that this is. Hai, yeah. to hai. So they were they were doing that. They were trying to establish ownership by saying that we are organizing the tours, which is all being done by us. The Japanese climbers have come, and so on and so forth. So that had to be stopped. So when you had this information, did you tell your chief at that stage? It, or no, how? Of, course, of course. Who was the chief at that stage? It was Gary. Uh, Gary Saxena. Okay. So tell us about, you know, I'm going to come to that part too. Mm. That, you know, uh, what was it? Who were the chiefs who actually, like, you know, you had this rapport with, which you unhesitatingly could give your uh, report and you knew for certain that that report would be believed and it wouldn't just end up in another file. Who were those chiefs that you work with, that you were most impressed with? Well, actually, the iconic figure was Mr. Kau. Aran Kau. Aran Kau. The legendary... I mean, the legend. There's legend. none who can, you know, come up to him. And uh, he was uh, a first-rate human being in every way. I mean, he was genuinely what he was. We all looked up to him as... Uh, as a role model. So you were one of those cowboys, K-A-O? In a manner of speaking, I wasn't recruited directly by him, but I was recruited in his, in the first flush when they were recruiting from outside the police and outside the direct recruitment. Mm-hmm. We had a direct recruitment in 71. First, first batch was 71. That was because of the war? No, it was just generally a, a service of your own. So we didn't have an external intelligence wing before 71? No, no. We had... RAW was formed in 68. 68. Uh. But you didn't join then? No. I, I joined in six seventy two. So March. tell me the gaps. 68 to 72, where were you? What were you doing? 68... Uh, 66, I joined the uh, government as a postal service probationer after the UPSC exam of 65. And... Uh, Masuri 66. And then I was posted to Delhi. They asked me, where do you want to go? I should have said something else instead of saying Delhi. Should have said Maharashtra or somewhere. Seen the country. But I said, no, Delhi. So they said, okay, there's a vacancy. So I was, my office was in Defence Colony. As a postal service officer? Yes, the Senior okay. Superintendent Post Offices, South Division, Defence Colony. C563, I still remember. Okay. So I was there and... Um, then we started hearing this whispers of a new organization coming up, ultra-secret and so on. So, you know, 
the bureaucracy sort of gets inquisitive <laughs> ke ab kya ho raha hai what is this and so no no it's it's going to be you know really high flying this that and the other oh kya khak naam raw aur is a pakistani se ra so we all um, got inquisitive then we heard that you know it's not just police they are taking from outside hmm. and you know mrs g and r r and k have decided that they will not make it into a police organization this is mrs indira gandhi just <laughs> in case our viewers are getting confused <laughs> okay indira gandhi and r and k decided that the new organization must have multi must multi source your talent and mr kau at that stage was what was his he was the head of raw 68 he became head of raw okay and so 71 we uh, we started this 71 the war happened and after that it picked up steam again this so who the, recruited you or can you speak that or you can't i don't know who recruited me in that sense uh, my dossier was obviously called for by the by the organization and so how does like do people apply for working in the not now but mm. at that time did you apply for it or did they scout around and found people some 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 scouted around and had their name pulled in what was it that they would have found about you that they would uh, that they would want i you? just saw the i think they just saw the uh, performance record okay and uh, wanted a new face maybe because i would think that you know you didn't have that which everybody when you became chief because you were the first non police officer to become chief so did that work against you at that stage that you know you came from the postal service why would a postal service or, or was postal service just a euphemism for what you were actually doing <laughs> no it was my first genuine job hmm. postal service and uh, i had no inclination of this would happen and when i joined i didn't know that i would end up the way i did and i just found the work very exciting and tell me about your first meeting with mr kau <laughs> you know uh i worked a lot with mr b raman okay he uh, i succeeded him thrice in my career hmm. at headquarters when the first desk assignment then as the junior staff officer to the chief and then as the ops head of the organization so i i worked like, every time it was him and uh, he used to give me little tips he said you going to meet mr kau i said yeah what is it now remember one thing don't put your hand on the glass oh on the table said, on the table he said i said why because you leave fingerprints he doesn't like those <laughs> oh my god that finicky uh, that particular oh but he was such a sweet man so wonderful to deal with sweet man yeah yeah he was a sh- Very, shark right i mean know, uh, for for the enemy of course enemy of course but for his own people he was he was very very protective and okay and i remember um, i've seen him once uh uh-huh. uh from a distance i was terrified even when i saw him <laughs> because you know there was so much when i'd heard about him no, but he's, yeah he's he's an amazing man uh i remember in 2001 when we had the um, parliament attack hmm. that was december 13 hmm. now december 19 is the raising day of the special fronty force 
explain what is raising day to the or S- SFF the, the the birthday of the organization okay hmm. so they have an evening uh, dinner and that day there was a rumor if you remember that some terrorists had occupied doordarshan no on all india radio okay really huh? which year was 2001 yeah 2001 okay so um, i got delayed L- sorting this out and then the founders only a rumor and nothing happened so i went off to the function and as i walked in mr car was standing there mr car was standing there and he said oh i'm so glad you've come now i can go i said so i'm sorry i'm late but you know this is what happened yes uh, that's fine but i thought i'll wait for you before i leave i said but sir it's your old organization you could leave any time He says, "No, young man, you are the head. I can't leave till you come." Oh, okay. So you protocol. know, protocol. This is when you were chief. When I was chief. Okay. So you are the head. I can't leave without your permission. That sounds like very forgy thing to do. Well, it's it's you know you It wanted happens. to encourage some kinds of disciplines in the system. Also, you can't have uh, all too palsy and. Uh, But in- he was, I believe, like you. very deadpan expression you couldn't really tell when he was angry when he was happy well at least i there is not there's not many uh, instances of mr cow having lost his temper hmm. and he may have fixed the other chap differently but he didn't lose his temper and um, he he had a he had a vision he knew what he wanted for the organization and um, very private person right he didn't write there were no interviews of his there are mm. hardly any photographs no photographs yeah there's just i've seen photographs in some people's homes like the the award that you people get yeah. there's one on your study table that's one of mine with him yeah that's at the same function oh okay uh so i've seen that and yeah. i've seen in uh, somebody's book uh, there's mm. a picture i think nitin gokhale's book there is a picture okay. uh, but uh, but very Very, very private. Uh, private person, but he had a good rapport with the prime minister, right? Excellent rapport. She trusted him completely, and that's the way to do it. Okay. If you you know, RAW is a in an organization which is only concerned with activities abroad. Essentially, now terrorism has made some difference, but essentially it was all abroad. We didn't have terrorism. We didn't have the kinds of uh, threats that you have today. Hmm. There was military threat, like maybe economic threat, but primarily military threat was what we were concerned with in the early days then um, you have to interact with so many countries you cannot uh, reveal too much to either side you cannot uh, not reveal with unless you want to have some information back from them so it it he had to be discreet and quiet and, and that would be the role model now it's different now it's uh, everybody is in it and also i think there are so many uh, so many elements to it right there wouldn't have been so much of technical intelligence technical aspect as compared it. to i hadn't heard of it i mean when did internet come to india hmm so it's only then that uh, tech came in the whole thing has changed after and and mobile communications hmm i mean on your phone you ha- have all the information of the world you can keep hmm and communicate so how does the organization keep training 
यंग ऑफिसर्स टू मूव विद द टाइम्स और इज इट हार्ड फॉर गवर्नमेंट ऑर्गेनाइजेशन आई थिंक आई थिंक द प्रॉब्लम इज गोइंग टू गेट वर्स एंड वर्स इन द सेंस दैट वी डोंट नो वेयर टेक्नोलॉजी इज गोइंग बट वी नो दैट टूडे फेसबुक और whoever can download billions of material in a day you can have 2 billion messages down twitter how do you keep watch if you want to keep watch maybe we don't need that kind of a watch because we don't have that kind of a global interest but the americans or the russians the chinese who want to know what is happening everywhere all the time must be snowed under and now we already talking about artificial intelligence which i read a book ray kurzweil's book the singularities near he said it will their time will come when the artificial intelligence will be superior or be ahead of human intelligence now what if that goes rogue and nothing nobody to control it okay um, so uh, i'm going to rewind a bit um, you know we talked about meghdoot we talked about uh, operation meghdoot we talked about kargil um tell us about uh, 1972 onwards the hunt for pakistan's nukes you speak about it in your book tell us about that you know uh, in march 72 buto held a shamiana kind of uh, conference in multan this is zulfikar ali bhutto zulfikar bhutto he held that and there uh, he said i want the bomb who can deliver it to me i mean i'm with that flamboyant uh, thing flamboyant you know how buto was so i believe somebody said up i can do it in 5 is it not good enough somebody said 3 so that's that's the story so okay you're the guy come now he does this then he comes to india in july 72 shimla I'm going to give him everything. What we won in the war? What we won on the battlefield, we gave it at the conference table without a quid pro quo. And since then, I'm digressing a bit. We have had this is when Pakistan's terrorism it gave birth to that. Hmm. You can't beat them on the battlefield, we'll beat them differently. By a thousand cuts. By a thousand cuts. that's when it started and but coming back to the nuclear so we can talk about that later mm. yeah, about terrorism 72 there was a frantic hunt naturally for what the pakistanis are up to where it is coming from where is the knowledge it was a blank everybody it was a blank for them for everybody and uh, After, then we did our nuclear test pokran pokran 74 then the pakistanis hastened their attempts then little dribblets started coming out ke ye yahan ye ho raha hai you know this factory and that factory karachi nuclear complex is being built and kahuta no karachi, karachi. mein nuclear power plant thing hmm. was being built and um, kahuta was listed as one of the spots and then mr murarji desai the gandhian that he was prime minister of india prime minister of india 77 he or 78 he 
he told zia olak we know about kahuta okay and zia uh, olak got alarm that these guys know so they they became it became more hectic their 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 plans to collect and they closed in their gaps and then in 79 there is this report that it's not plutonium it's uranium uranium because they're hunting for inverters and those are inverters are used only if you want to use it for in uranium enrichment and they are you hunting for it all over europe and some have been supplied already from uh, i think from uk via germany listed something else listed as cotton weaving machines and reaching uh, a cotton spinning mill machines reaching uh, karachi. karachi and uh, from then on it was uh, a hunt everywhere we found things happening in amsterdam we found stuff coming from uh, by then mr dulkar uh, ah. he had stolen the secrets from the dutch nucleus plant where he was working the whole thing so they got a ready made uh, material to build their systems and then the chinese stepped in with their assistance after pakistan's relationship with the americans had worsened particularly after 72 the chinese stepped in with their offers and uh, nuclear material was shipped by the chinese to karachi it was i think intercepted by us once in bombay and not sent further coast guard coast guard probably probably okay. coast guard you said that uh, you know we've seen this also there are reports there are movies made on this about how muraji picked up the phone and called up zia and told him about kahuta let me get to the point where intelligence organizations give this kind of information and they are let down by the political master at that time i'm saying using the master in a very loose way uh, but the political head compromises on the national security scene what happens then isn't it when you give intelligence uh, of this nature it's highly classified it is right i would think that there'll be just three people or four people who would know it would probably go by word of mouth also at many times not even a written report but you're you're saying specific information was given and the movie has it and there are articles about how you got to know about that and the mm. the agent who was sent across and what happens to the morale of the organization when this happens actually when when uh, muraji there the morale was in the boots anyway but that aside anyone who does this it's a disservice it is a disservice i think in america if you did this there would be a court of inquiry in britain also but here nothing happened he said it was he if you were to think back as to why he did that was it to uh, was it to just tell the guy that listen i know everything about you guys so don't do any more if i was to just say you know take play the devil's advocate out here mm. and just say do you think he had good intentions or misplaced good intentions you'd think i th- i i think i think it was misplaced good intention that uh, you know i'll tell him that uh, we know it so don't do it because 
there's no point. We shouldn't be fighting a nuclear war. But yeah, you very few of us have really understood what's what's in the Pakistani mind. So um, they were not going to stop. They were not going to. After seventy-four, they were definitely not going, never, never going to stop. They would have the bomb, and it was a matter of time that they did. So when you get compromised by giving that information, do you stop then saying that? Do you stop hunting for Pakistan's nuclear program after no, that? No. no, no. you continued you continue because we don't know whether it's going to let down it's going to step down or step up after the disclosure so despite this dhakka uh-huh. that comes in that the prime minister has gone actually to the enemy and given information to the enemy you, the raw continues to research and continues to get intel on pakistan's nuclear capability yeah is that it you, you still have to go on doing it because it, there's no stopping it another thing happened uh, mr kao had been asked to leave after morarji took over and that was a very sad thing and then he went after raw with a shotgun as it were the prime minister prime minister uh, morarji desai hacked cut stopped operations etc etc despite that mr kao got information that India was under pressure to sign the NPT, and uh, Morarji, being Morarji, might do it. The non-proliferation treaty. Non, non-proliferation treaty. So um, he s- spoke to Mr. Santuk, who was the chief. The RAW chief. RAW chief. Noshir Santuk, who was who had succeeded Mr. Kao, not immediately, but he was the third one, and uh, his recommendation was that. we have to get in touch with mr homi setna in bombay at the bark baba atomic research center he should bring pressure on morarji not to sign why would uh, mr morarji they sign listen to setna and not to this not to the raw chief because raw was in the pits those days no? ah okay so you have to use another channel which mr Uh, Setna was. Mr. Setna was, and Mr. Desai had some regard for Mr. Setna. So, off went an officer from uh, Delhi. Was that you? No, oh, okay. it wasn't me. He was sent to uh, meet Mr. Setna, explain to him. I mean, he, we, and he then flew off to Delhi, met Mr. Desai. and convinced him don't do it so the pressure was being put by the americans surely okay to sign the npt mm. what did they already have pakistan's okay to sign the npt i think so you they did okay you talked about uh, mr morarji desai uh, going after raw uh, with a chainsaw what happened to you did you lose your job then no <laughs> no you know there was a time that uh, we used to all sit around the young officers ab kiski bari you know mm. people had the divisions were being closed not because the person was not required or not good but closing a division closing a station so you were at a station no i was at headquarters at headquarters yeah i was at headquarters i came back from my art station and uh, hanging around and uh, in all this thing i had uh, 
no desk assigned to me because we were all so i actually went to one of my senior officers i said give me a job to do i'm just hanging around coming to office every day my wife is wondering what's going on you some day you come early some day you don't go what did they do send you to the library or something <laughs> Yeah. I believe that's what happened, right? Most people were sent to the library. <laughs> yeah, there, there are no place to sit because those days also we didn't have a building. You <laughs> we were all uh, in different buildings, cloistered. And, uh, this division is here, and this division is mostly in South Delhi. South Delhi. Delhi. Yeah. <laughs> okay, because the REW did not have one building where everybody worked, and of course nobody could tell, right? That. Mm. they work for an intel organization yes. was that with you too like you had this nondescript office that you went to yes first my first desk assignment was a nondescript office in saftajing development area <laughs> okay and nobody knew that connects uh, past the tennis uh, lawn tennis thing dlta uh-huh. delhi lawn tennis association yeah there was in dlta then there was just no, there a was court just, uh, and there was the uh, deer park hmm. चिल्ड्रन Daddy is a spy. How does that work? No, it doesn't work. Actually, my kids didn't know for quite a while that what was the nature of my my job, and uh, they assumed I am from the I am from the external affairs and IFS, and they never asked any questions. But when you get older, and then you find that uh, the company that you keep, the friends that you have. and not from that hmm they are different so they begin to wonder they want to know dad what do you do like for instance once it happened those days you didn't have internet you didn't have mobile phones or email you can give different ids and different um means of communication there's only the telephone so I was doing ops, and they assigned me a new telephone separately, only for this work with a different name. Ops as in operations. Uh, ops huh. as in operations. So, for your operational requirements, I had to have a separate phone, not linked to the office phone. So it was installed, and I had given a name to the uh, agent that my cover name was this. If you have to call me. Can you tell us what the name? Kumar is a typical name. Oh, Nobody yeah. knows. <laughs> That's not very imaginative. Not innovative at all. Oh. It's better that with this you can't trace it then. Hmm. So and it's many. easier to remember, I yeah, guess. Then, yeah. Easier to remember, and you can't say that everybody's everybody's a Kumar here. Hmm. So the phone rings. My daughter picks up and she says, "Hello, Kumar sir, please meet me. Talk to me. This is a wrong number. Bang." <laughs> oh. I hadn't told him my mistake. Huh. So I <laughs> went out. I said, "Let me. I'll hand this phone." He rang again, thinking that he genuinely made a mistake. So contact was established. Hmm. So this uh, this happened, and then there were times when I would have to odd hours of work, long hours of work. Sometimes off on a Sunday, sometimes off on a Saturday. Then out of station. 
Then one day, my wife actually asked me, you go like this, supposing I need any help, what do I do? You don't tell me where you're going. You don't tell me when you're coming back. I have a rough idea. So I said, I give you this phone number, you go talk to this person, he will get in touch with me when you want anything sorted out. These are the kinds of pressures we have to work with. Hmm. And long hours, just with two kids to look after, is tough. And um, you cannot tell them where you're going, what you're doing, right? That's another thing is that they just know you've gone. And yeah. you can't say which... The reason I'm asking is, you know, because um, I recently met a woman pilot. Uh, she's a wing commander. And uh, her uh, her brother uh, works in some some kind of a military setup, which is intel-based or special forces. I don't know what she wor he works for. She couldn't mm -hmm. tell me and I couldn't ask beyond a point. And she said, you know, uh, he's gone for more than a year. Mm. And she says, we don't know. Mm. whether we just know he's alive mm -hmm. that's all we don't know anything beyond that so the mother just sits there that since she's not received bad news that's it good news mm. so does that work even for a spy that when when you are out on an assignment mm. your family uh, if it's not got news for some time they presume that everything is okay is that how it works there are two kinds of assignments. You know, if you go on a long-term assignment, then it is, this is what happens, that you, you assume that no news is good news. But the kind of assignments I had used to be short, two, three, four days and back. So it wasn't as if I'm gone and I don't know when I'm coming back, where I've gone. Those things normally happen to people who are actually doing the spying. Hmm doesn't happen to those who handle spies or those who handle operations. Okay. We are the guys, we don't, we don't go breaking safes ourselves. Or You're the handler. We are the handlers. Hmm. So the spy is the guy who comes and gives you this thing. Gives That's you a special message. kind of training for that work. Yes. Would he also be called R.A.W. then? No. He's, he's not an R.A.W. operative. In that sense, he's not a government employee. He's a spy. He's a, it's a private venture. That must take a different kind of training, mentality, grit, determination. I could think of all kinds of things, yeah. uh, you know, adjectives to add to that. You know, courage. Courage. And presence of mind. The thing is, nothing is worse. Nothing, no fear is greater than the fear of a spy in a hostile country. Alone. One mistake and he's gone. The use of a wrong word can give raise questions, you know, um, like calling uh, a Piaz something else in mm. Punjab. I don't know. I don't know enough Punjabi, but there are there are different words just colloquially used in different parts of the country. If you don't use the right word, people look at you. Hmm. So, but you are a Punjabi. You live from here. Oh, you took it from there. 
So, you're out there. When we were running agents, you infiltrate them in the night, darkness of night. Then he has to send you confirmation that he's reached his destination safely. He couldn't send it direct. He would send it to another country. And then we'll get it. Hmm. It could take days. It could take weeks. You just wait and you wait. Sometimes it never came. What do you go through as a handler when you know that uh, you have sent somebody and he's probably gone? It's awful. It's awful. Because it's not as if uh, like the, uh, that he's got a number, register, that he's an employee of the government, that you are honor-bound. There are rules and regulations that you will look after the family. So we try and do that. We look after the families. That's all you can do. That's all you can sort of protect them or give give them employment or jobs. But, but never the family is not allowed to speak about it to the trauma. Some the, some of them do. Kulbushan Jadav comes to my mind. Uh-huh. Um, of course, India says that he's not a spy. Pakistan insists he's a spy. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody knows what will happen with him. And it's as if everything is forgotten about him. Yeah, so it seems that uh, he's gone into the deep underground Yeah, forgotten. I met somebody who once said that it's probably better for him if he's dead because the kind of torture that happens in Pakistan to people from India who are suspected to be spies yes, yeah. is horrific. Yeah. Have you met with somebody who has come back alive? No, I haven't. You haven't, who survived there. But um, I remember Mr. Raman saying, you you were talking about your colleague, you Mr. Raman saying that um, black ops were stopped by Mr. Gujral. Uh, I won't ask you whether that's right or wrong or whatever, but uh, how important are black ops? And especially with an India-Pakistan you know, kind of, uh, relationship I think uh, it depends on the gravity of the relation, uh, the, the enmity and if uh, the other side is going to work on you with terrorism and stuff like that then you've got to have black ops hmm. it's it's part of the trade then I had General VK Singh on the show and uh, he was talking about uh, an an organization that he had created, you know about that too, the TSD. And uh, they conducted operations in many places. So I asked him, I said, I've heard that this was done outside India's borders. Um, But black ops had stopped because that's what we had heard that Mr. Gujral. So he responded, he quipped and he said, Gujral sahab ko gaye bade saal ho chuke the by then. Mm -hmm. And he said that that was necessary to create post-2611. Uh, because it's necessary to hit the enemy in their... Absolutely right. You know, we've never ever retaliated in the manner that we should have. You look, at, go through any of these incidents. 93, we had the Bombay bomb blast. What did we do? And um, 
we had this horrible incidents in Kashmir where the Kashmiri Hindu pundits had to flee. We had the kidnapping of uh, Mehbooba's uh, sister. sister. Huh. We had the killing of the the uh, Air Force mm. squadron leader. What did we do in return? We later described Yasin Malik as a moderate. So if you are going to treat them like this, 2006, Bombay bomb blasts, train blasts, serial bombing. We did nothing. 2008, that horror of Mumbai, we did nothing. We declared um, Pakistan as a victim of terrorism. Remember? Yes. In Havana, I think yeah. we decided that they are also victims of terrorism. Naturally, they're going to enjoy all this. They'll step it up. There was also Sharmal Sheikh, in which we uh, yeah we Balochistan we I think, accepted that about we will talk that about we will Balochistan. talk about Balochistan. Balochistan was brought on the table yeah after with, after yeah. uh, Sharmal Sheikh. Yeah. Now you tell me it's um, fine if you were to say that we have not done it. You I presume you mean that the political leadership doesn't take the decision to do what we saw later as the Balakot strike yeah. maybe clandestinely we did with the TSD unit but uh, straight away there are there is talk that we do do that but we don't talk about it we don't boast about it at the border we do we do take no, like I'm, a yeah. unit to unit will do it mm -hmm. if if a unit in kashmir at the loc there has been uh, there has been a bombing mm. or skirmish two men gone here sure enough there mm. will be an attack because it has to be avenged yeah those kind of things happen it never makes it to the papers when you say that you know so many instances where we didn't take any proactive move does the raw give intelligence to the political leadership that hey you got to take this move you got to take a proactive step otherwise they are galvanizing to do more on occasions yes there is an input that uh, this is that unless there is political messaging political military messaging this will continue so it probably don't we don't do it every time it happens but there are assessments made and saying that this has to be done because the message must reach those who take decisions there i mean just a, an odd incident doesn't make a difference to them it doesn't hurt them like balakot would have hurt them because it's the message that is important hmm. uri was another message that was important But that we will strike within your land we have the ability to do it and we will do it and we will do it again so that messaging has to go unless that message you know these border may two here and two there doesn't make a difference nobody it's it's a it's a number it's a figure two died in a skirmish baat khatam ho but the political visible message is what has to be sent so what is your counterpart uh, in pakistan like the isi does that do they take you guys seriously the raw do they feel that uh, this is a potent organization because yahan pe in india everybody says the isi because every every terror attack was is a masterminded by isi what about them they also say this their papers also say the same thing about us 
and I should have brought that. I forgot to bring it. Uh, they brought out a cartoon on me once. Hmm. Uh, me in a Pied Piper's dress with the pipe playing on it. The signboard saying India, another one saying Pakistan, and behind all the mice huh, following me. And on that they wrote Pakistani media. Why did they write that? Now I I was <laughs> I made the mistake of telling somebody, yeah, this is good for us. <laughs> hmm. This is this is an own goal, yeah. So were you they, cultivating the Pakistan media? <laughs> they think so. <laughs> so were you cultivating they, the Pakistan media? Well, that's a belief that they have. I'm don't want to deny it. Okay. <laughs> See, uh, one has heard about how the Indian and uh, uh, Pakistani spy chiefs meet at different locations. Baatein hoti hain, whiskey piya jata hai, bon homi, and then wapas aake it's business as usual. Yeah, yeah. I've 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 been to one of those meetings, one or two of those meetings. To early days of retirement, nothing to do. You so ordered their people to be killed. They've ordered our people to be killed. Yeah. And still, you can talk. Yeah, I mean it's strange, isn't it? So we met, and I found after the second meeting it was unreal, hmm. unreal. I mean you just glib talk, and you say the same thing. Everybody says the same thing. Standard positions, and we say we will do it. It's good to meet and chat. Where do things get stuck, Kashmir or more? No, I think it's the whole mindset. It's the whole mindset. Kashmir to me is the Uh, excuse the pakistan army finds kashmir as a useful tool to retain supremacy in pakistan if you take kashmir if you there's an article once fahad hussain had written many many years ago that what if pakistan india and pakistan come to an agreement and what if for argument sake the pakistan the indian say yeah take it take kashmir what will you do then the answer is then we will say that now we've got more territory to defend against these uh, wretched indians so we must expand we must have bigger army we must have more weapons so they said they'll turn the equation around nothing will change in the pakistan army because nothing will change in the pakistan mindset is the raw totally oriented towards one enemy which is pakistan or is it ready for this two front war that we've already arrived at where there's china also i've always felt and i've always said so that our main threat is china pakistan can give you is a nuisance value it'll give you hurt sometimes it'll give you it can't defeat you it can't overpower you militarily militarily or any other way they can't overpower you but the chinese can make a difference to your lives there's they are more powerful their economy is much bigger their army is much bigger they have greater and then we are dealing with a totalitarian state where decisions taken are not questioned here we are not even prepared to accept that balakot happened so for us to be able to no, one minute what do you mean we are not ready to accept balakot happened who we the indian opposition that hmm. didn't accept balakot was actually that it was a fake or it didn't hmm. really happen hmm. and how many killed that kind of thing so when your own opposition wants to discredit you how are you going to fight a joint war so at that time the thing was that 
प्रूफ नहीं दिया सो हाउ मच ऑफ अ रिस्पॉन्सिबिलिटी इज इट ऑफ आर एंड ए डब्ल्यू टू गिव वेन यू गिव इंटेलिजेंस टू द पोलिटिकल लीडरशिप डी यू हैव टू हैंड ओवर इंटेल एज इन प्रूफ इंटेल लाइक सैटेलाइट मैप्स और वॉट टू सेटेलाइट मैप्स आर गिवन टू शो द लोकेशन आफ्टर ऑल वी गेड ओवर दैट टेप Musharraf talking to General Aziz Khan. Yes, please explain that what happened for those who don't know uh, about this whole conversation that happened. Tell us about that. You know, uh, when they had mounted this attack <clears throat> in uh, on the on Kargil, and up to a point they were doing well. We were uh, at the receiving end, and they were pounding us from heights. And then, as this tide began to turn musharraf had gone to beijing and there he rings up aziz khan and they talk to each other and the conversation is ke inki in ye to hamare inki to tutti hamare haath mein hai the the guys who are fighting and that we are controlling the whole operation so mian nawaz ko zyada batane ki zarurat nahi hai उनको नहीं डोंट हैव टू टेल एम एनी थिंग जस्ट टेल एम एवरी थिंग इज ओके बट वील कैरी ऑन लाइक दिस डोंट टेल द प्राइम मिनिस्टर डोंट and we uh, would never have sh- declared it but uh, it was found expedient to declare it and then that pipeline closed i mean the sense that we couldn't get hold of any open conversation like this between the visiting when the visitor brought the next when the visitor brought the next time they didn't use the same method of communication but did it aid in ending a war it made a lot of difference yeah that that is after that musharraf uh, nawaz went running to uh, bill clinton bill clinton because he had been done in by his own people yeah, yeah. suppose that line had not been there in that conversation ki mian nawaz ko batana mat hmm. it wouldn't have hurt no it would have hurt still hmm. because the fact is that you're admitting that you are doing it and saying you're not doing it therefore we are telling the world this is this is an invasion this is not a freedom fight you know there's so much difference between pakistan and india when i was speaking with general kulkarni he mentioned this incident that when operation meghdoot when siachen was you know in brought under indian control benazir is said to have stormed into ghq in pindi and uh, she's supposed to have brought bangles with her i don't know this is folklore uh-huh. and she's supposed to have thrown the bangles on the table and said chudiyan pen lo yeah. uh, musharraf ko that you have lost uh-huh. and uh, she was killed at some point of time i'm not uh-huh. saying musharraf did it but uh-huh. musharraf got his revenge in that uh-huh. she died bhutto at that time insulted general ayub khan the military mm. insulted he was assassinated you can never imagine a parallel in india so those who say india pakistan ikko hi hai mm. we are the same people mm. what do you have to say to that we are not the same people and here the 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 ethos is totally different if i mean 
look at the way our army functions look at the way their army functions they are overlords they rule the roost they 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 i know um, i met a pakistani once and he said i met he was an ex diplomat i i used to be a f- friend of uh, so and so who is now an air marshal i said yeah he's retired okay give me his address was visiting so i said so and so place uh, he was familiar with delhi he looked did did you i said did you flat air marshal i said yeah kamal hai ji middle class income middle income group housing society is what dda is which is like two bedrooms or three bedrooms maximum uh, with a small balcony uh, and no garden as such to speak of that is what a dda is so it's unimaginable i'm just explaining it to our viewers yes. sir because you know uh, we have people who All live abroad the... who may not know what a dda okay, flat I never, is i never remember that <laughs> yeah so just to explain to them sure. that uh, you know that's why people make fun ki wo plotistan hai pakistan chodo inke yeah, liye okay. ki plots jate hain no it goes by rank hmm. you are allotted land by rank fertile hmm. land hmm. is allotted to the generals first and then picking order mein jate hain right now if if i was to uh, you know you in earlier in the interview in this podcast you were talking about successes and failures we've had one prime minister who was assassinated we've had one ex prime minister who was assassinated was that intel failure did was mrs gandhi not told that her bodyguards i mean it could be raw or ib or whoever uh, is the intel The was story, this the story the story i have heard about mrs gandhi's case was that they had withdrawn the sikh guards and um, she found out that those two or three didn't know by name but they had gone and they were replaced and she said that bring them back otherwise how can i be considered secular this is the legend i don't know i have never hmm. no have don't have the evidence but uh, that's how it happened so there are times where uh, prime ministers disregard uh, intelligence that is given to them you know you when spoke you, when, 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 when you see them going and mixing with you know the politicians love this adulation and mixing and that's part of part of their drill i suppose part of their uh, way of life want to be seen with the people shaking hands and uh, moving around but that's a security man's nightmare how do you know after that saw rajiv died lte lte because he was not but i don't think he had any guards then was there intelligence that he would have been assassinated uh, later i think they found decoded messages that were decoded later that there was evidence that they might have, that they were planning but you know it's like saying that 911 also information was available but those were information that came to be analyzed after the event because there's so much comes in you don't know which is right which is wrong so where were you in 1984 1984 golden temple time no where in 1984 i'm going to tell you why 84 where were you 98 were you in india yeah so 84 is operation meghdoot 84 is operation blue star and 84 is when mrs gandhi died or was assassinated two huge military operations that she undertakes bold some say 
not properly planned probably uh, as far as blue star is concerned and she's assassinated does it come as a shocker to Uh, the intelligence community at that time it's the first prime minister assassination that's happened to the country i mean cia has gone through this before mm. um isi has had assassinations in their country it's the first assassination of an indian prime minister sitting prime minister how does the intelligence community uh, cope with this it's you know how do i say it i was not in delhi when this happened i was in srinagar we were, and then we heard this news and um, you know the whole office just like you know you could almost see physically crumbling and uh, there were we had some sikh officers too there were personnel there i mean it there was just you know, there's no explanation there was no um definition of how what you felt there was fear there was uh, sadness of course and uh, although many said that uh, this shouldn't have happened golden temple should not have happened but that's not the matter the fact that uh, she was killed a woman killed you know we also have that kind of a f- uh, feeling uh, unarmed and killed so it it was it was shock it was just shock like anybody else it wasn't uh, i suppose different from other but then what happened later was even worse the riots the riots that uh, and you know when you have seek of seek personnel with you and you have these riots and you you have to tell them go on go and stay in this place go and hide don't come was this to work. intel available from from our friends abroad that uh, this kind of a thing could happen that the khalistanis could be mounting not just an attack on a prime minister but subsequently they would be doing much more was khalistan a real and potent threat at that stage you if you if you read um, sidhu's book hmm. he says it was all made up we we created it ourselves but you know once you create then it has a life of its own and then it evolves and develops and then it gets uh, you know repeat repeat offenses or, or copycat uh, instance like now there's amarpal singh movement is growing this one of course is obviously aided from abroad but the other one bindranwala thing was just that he it just got out of hand prabhakaran too prabhakaran also we uh, we let it get out of hand we just couldn't handle it let me come to the attempt assassination attempt on uh, rajiv gandhi tell us about that october 2 yes 1986 rajghat there was where were you i was at headquarters and uh, we saw that report came to us a few days before that this is going to happen is going to take a pot shot went rajgarh and we faithfully sent the report off to whoever is supposed to act on it well 
the report got lost somewhere. So they had apparently surveyed the whole area, but forgot the bush. Forgot to look up at the tree. Ah, bush tree. Tree. Yeah, ah. he was sitting in a tree. Yeah, but it, they used. They used yeah. those detectors and everything. He but stayed he, the night. He there. stayed overnight. Fortunately, nothing happened. He was not all that well armed. I believed he was not all that well armed. He didn't have. A, he had a shotgun. It mm. wasn't a highly lethal weapon or anything, but it depends on how it's fired or when it is fired. So he was. Then later on, they said, "No, this man is off. He was demented. He was mentally uh, off. Yeah. Was that to cover up the fact that uh, yet another prime minister had become vulnerable?" to an attack assassination attempt a cover up you know, you know what make, how make, do you react in sitting in raw that humne to ye intel diya tha tumko aur tumne kuch kiya nahi is pe is there a is there a slanging match yelling match that happens then there was no yelling match as far as i remember because i didn't participate in any of the discussions but uh, apparently my chief went and said that you had this hmm i believe some some heads roll that day so um the prime ministers that you worked with where you yourself went and gave intel straight up uh, that's the like you don't necessarily go via the national security advisor right you spoke that was as far as i know it was uh, prime minister vajpayee and dr manmohan singh i didn't interact with mr dr manmohan, dr. manmohan singh at all okay only prime I, minister i had only one prime minister my term was too short 2 years and 3 months okay today was my last day 20 years ago okay so when you spoke with uh, prime minister vajpayee what was that like like how did he process information did you give him information about kargil or was it somebody not kargil sorry yeah kargil no you were too junior then probably to speak with him no, I, i wasn't here anyway okay so what about when you became chief and when you used to meet prime minister vajpayee what were those interactions he was, was he was a very um, kind in the sense that patient he would listen to you patiently comment and and you know you you could argue with him and say no this is that you could even say this is not the right way i would do it like this he's prepared to listen and prepared to change uh, his uh, line of thinking so we also at that time had a very strong um, principal secretary brijesh mishra who was similarly uh, mental makeup was similar that you could you could say that this is what you're suggesting is not possible i would want you to do it like this hmm. there would be a discussion he'd hold his ground i'd hold mine and we come back then i go back again the next day and and he's prepared to listen again and change his mind because he had the confidence so did vajpayee he had that inner confidence came i can be wrong or the other man is saying is probably better mm. and that that helps you a lot when you're sending in your assessments that even if i am wrong i can be wrong also i mean not that my assessment is always right but it will not be He was wrong in trusting Nawaz Sharif, wasn't he? Yeah, I think all prime ministers have made that mistake. Unfortunately, what mistake? Of trusting their counterparts. Bhutto, 
Zulfikar Bhutto. Indira Gandhi. Indira Gandhi. She trusted him. She said, later, I could wait for you to say that it's a bilateral issue. And he went back on that. Hmm. Um, who was after him? I don't think Rajiv Gandhi. No, Rajiv and Nazir, there wasn't much. But yes, uh, they, in they, the sense they had a pali-pali chat. I don't think she, he trusted her. Uh, and he didn't have that much of interest. But she was totally... Uh, on board with the military as far as Kashmir yes, is concerned. Yes, first time she was... In Jagmohan. Uh, Jagmohan and uh, that Muzaffarabad thing, Jag, Jag... Momohan, Han. Uh. When she said she wanted Jagmohan she in pieces. She came there wailing and shouting. Yeah. So those who say think that she's an apostle of peace is this post-assassination building of a martyrhood around... Uh, also, Bimati. after she lost the second time. Hmm. You've met her several times, right? Yeah. She was changing her tune, becoming more pro-India in after her second term. When she wanted to go back to Pakistan and she was advised not to do it, they'll kill you. But she said, I have to do it. She went. So, but it doesn't end with that. Uh, even to date, Mr. Modi went to Pakistan with good intention, he stopped by at Nawaz Sharif's uh, home. He invited Nawaz Sharif for the swearing-in ceremony. He trusted Xi Jinping, invited him over. Uh, these are things that political leaderships do. Uh, it's a different matter that from Nehru's time, we have been stabbed in the back. So, would the intelligence organization say, stop, don't do this? Or do this... Beyond a point, you can't say it. Beyond a point, you can't say it. This is not advisable, sir. Hmm. That's it. If you want to do it, what can you do? Hmm. But you I guys can't hold the door and say you can't go. But you have to stay the path in providing them intelligence. Hmm. How they consume it is the part of... It's yeah, their job. It's their job. Okay. Now, um, is intelligence tailor-made to suit what the political leadership wants. Because we heard that with, say, you know, George Tenet and giving, tailor-making that intelligence for yeah. George Bush yeah. for the war Slam in Iraq. dunk. Slam dunk. Has something similar happened in India? Not that I'm aware of, that we've given information that the chief wants to hear. Partly, perhaps also because, you know, for them, stakes are much higher. When you yeah. say chief, you mean prime minister? Yeah, prime minister. I mean, he, for us, it's a, it's a one to the decision making is the prime minister and his cabinet. We tell the prime minister what we think of a situation, and uh, beyond that, I I have not heard of anybody saying that report ko aisa banado. However no. unpleasant information is given to the prime minister. To the best of my knowledge, yes. Did you feel at any time when you were chief that you gave information and it was not acted upon and there's a sense of regret? I can't think of any. No. Rajesh Mishra acted on everything. No, I mean, you you give the information. and How they act is you're not aware of. I'm not aware of what they did with it. They don't tell me. They don't have to tell me. And I don't have to know. Where were you when that uh, Air India plane was hijacked? Indian Airlines plane was hijacked? I was in Delhi. What 819. Yes. Mm -hmm. I was in Delhi. I just landed in Delhi. Hmm. Well, a month, two before. From an assignment? Mm -hmm. A posting? Yeah, posting. 
What went wrong then? Simply not being able to take the right decision at the right time. And that's very crucial, right? In the intelligence world. Yeah. No, once the hijacking has occurred, to prevent it from going further, uh, you have to take a decision like like you the the station commander of the aerodrome knows that airport knows that when a hijack takes place, you have to make every attempt to prevent that. Put a bowser in front of the aircraft or whatever. Then the fear is that if the hijackers say, if you do that, I'll kill six people or I'll kill ten. What do you do? If that happens, then uh, everybody will blame the station commander and that's it. So he so doesn't Hobson's want... It's Hobson's choice. Yeah. Uh, so you, you pass the buck. I'll ask the commissioner, I'll ask the deputy commissioner, commissioner, chief secretary, PM, uh, chief minister. So... Where, how do you enforce that order which exists in your book that you have to do this? And if the plane, God forbid if they had blown up the plane, all dead, nobody will ever say that he was acting according to rules. And the rules is that we don't negotiate with terrorists. We don't, we don't do hostage. That's a but we do. We do. Every country Every does. Every country it. does. Eventually you do negotiate. You have to. That is when you need experts of that kind and then we release those hostages yeah and the minister escorted those esto- uh, hostages yes as suppose you but would you know this was not the first time we did it we did it in uh, Srinagar also so they know that these chaps will act Rubaya Saeed uh, that they will act they will release eventually but so. after that what happened hijackings just stopped in the world hmm. um, did terror organizations just stop was there this thing that or did it continue with taking hostages at a different level did security increase what happened I think the kind of hostages uh, method of taking hostages has changed hmm. it has um, like the hostages that they take in, in the Middle East hmm. they don't need any aircraft they don't need anything you just come pick them up and take them away take them away when we talk about uh, you know, people you've been working with. Uh, I've heard everything is in silos. Like you could be working, your room could be next to another person's room. And you've known that person for 15 years, yeah. 20 years. But you won't know what he's working and he won't know what you're working. Now for us journals, it's very hard to understand because we look sab information share information. No, it's like this. Um, when you're doing operations... Not just analysis, they do separate things. Mm. Uh, when you're doing operations, then it is not only silos, it can also be that this guy at the bottom of the rung does it with the third or fourth guy from the top. And the guys in between don't know and need to know, they will not know. So the silo works like this comes down number three, goes to number seven. Four, five, six submitted. And we are all expected to ex- accept that. This is an operation where it's so sensitive you don't want too many people involved. But an analysis is different because then you need to interact. After all, if you're doing something on China and Pakistan, you must have the Pakistani assessment as well on the situation to hmm. make a full picture. 
It may not happen at the low level. It will happen at some level. There will be an interaction between the and people who are assessing the intelligence to make sure that you factored in everything, whether you factored in the uh, intercept messages, you factored in the photographs, you factored in the audio, etc., etc., to make a complete picture. But when you're doing operations, then it's different. So what happened with that Rabinder Singh episode? I mean, you had retired by then. He escaped and the rumours are that he is no more. So where did things go wrong? I really don't know. I've never asked anyone mm. and no one will tell me when they shouldn't. But, but you knew him? Well, I knew that it was Rabinder Singh who was a joint secretary in the organisation. He wasn't a particular friend of <coughs> mine. And uh, I think... You see, the good thing is every every intelligence agency's nightmare is that there is a mole. You've written that in your book too. Huh. So that is the fear that you have. But you don't know how to find him. Unless you can keep, they do random uh, surveillances on people. They must have done it on me also. And everybody else gets his turn. There's a behavioral pattern. Counter-intel or something huh, is called, right? The inbuilt system who you meet, where do you go, etc., etc. So, probably during that thing they found out. Or probably because he, I believe, he became very inquisitive. So, that was their signal. So, they f were homing in on him. Hmm. But the thing is that he's twice trained. Meaning, he's trained by us yeah. for a certain kind of job. He's been trained by his masters hmm. how to look for signs how to look for escape routes, how to lay down escape routes. That must have been worked out. So when the noose tightened, he fled. Via Nepal? Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, I believe so. That's always the porous route. And even now, people saying that Amrit Palbi is nikal raha and nikal gaya. Yeah, nobody mm. really knows. Uh, but that's the porous route which has been used many yeah, times. Many times. To escape. Sometimes for advantage. Us, sometimes. That's how the hijackers even got the weapon. They got the weapon like that, and but they also had Indian passports hmm. given by Bombay, RPO. Genuine. Yeah. Genuine passports. Hmm. Yeah. Somewhere I have a record of their names and all. Hmm. And uh, in Hindu names. Hmm. And uh, they made use of that. So I'm going to come now to the Bollywood dep depiction and the Hollywood depiction of what uh, spy networks are. You know, when you look at the Hollywood movies uh, across the years, you know, like if it is even the British movies, if you were to see Bond movies and you see then, uh, you know, all the James Bond movies and then you see Hollywood depiction of their spy movies, Bridge of Spies, and I can name so many mm -hmm. of them. Uh, they're so well-made. They're so sharp. And then you have Indian spy movies. Which Indian spy movie would you say is the closest to the truth? Is it Salman Khan? Ekta Tiger? Would it be Akshay Kumar? You're laughing. <laughs> They're hilarious movies. You only see them as a, as a comedy. It's okay. But they're not serious movies. Uh, this uh, uh, Salman Khan movie is more or less a Bond movie hmm. with uh, gl more glamour. And what is it? ISI girl and uh, yeah. uh, ridiculous story anyway. But uh, it, it sold, I believe. 
Yeah. So what about the other movies? Like what about Pathan? You know, of, of, all the all the RAW people that I have seen in my life, I've never seen anybody who looks like John Abraham or Shah Rukh Khan. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have people in your organization who no, look like Shah Rukh? No. no Salman? No, no. Akshay? No. I mean, you might have a, a tall, good-looking fellow, but the, whether he's physically fit that way, I don't know. Would he be? Would an RAW officer be romantically involved with an ISI officer? Uh, he'll be shot if he does that. <laughs> shot by who? By the ISI or by this guy? It depends. If you but would no, no, say, say it, if, by, if, shot by who? No, if it is a an operation that you go and suborn that girl. It's different, but if he does it on his own, then it's different. So, do you know of like, of course, there's that you know that movie of Alia Bhatt that is that, based on real life. That is Razi. Razi, yeah. where she was sent across, she yeah. got married and settled. There are instances when it's happened. Their marriages do take place like this, but she works, lives in a general's house. She. is able to do the communication network and she is able to get documents and something else and then she's actually been married off by some her handler or hmm. something like that i don't remember the sequence i think it's a bit rich but you would have years ago i mean is there any operation that you can talk about hmm. where somewhat similar to what happened you no. can't talk about no i, I I didn't have an operation like that. That's what you're saying. I'm sure there must be some operation you can tell us about. There is no such operation. No such operation involving the RAW with the ISI. But is there any operation where you've sent somebody on a mission and it's been successful? Of course. Across the border. Uh-huh. And he's come back alive with information? Yes. And was that information acted upon? I don't know. And what Is there any My job is to collect information and give it. My job is not to know whether they're going to act on it or not. But you can deduce from events whether it has been acted upon or not. And sometimes you can make out that yes, there there has been a change in policy, change in direction or change in tactics. But you can never boast about it, you can never talk no, about it. Never. your successes and your failures stay with you failures get known successes stay even failures are not known right one doesn't know all the failures <laughs> yeah okay, what happened uh. what happened with with our operation in sri lanka why did we just leave we lost men and material we've lost land in uh, on the eastern sector there must have been some failures some failure there was there must have been some failure in uh, pulwama pulwama but you know all major incidents mumbai repeatedly they're all systemic failures the whole system seems to have information is available nobody acts cargill information is available nobody really takes it seriously hmm. and this happened you can't pinpoint assassinations you can't pinpoint all terror attacks they have to be right once as you've yeah. said in many o- occasions you can't stop all of them they will keep happening so whether that you call it failure of intelligence or or lack of intelligence imperfect intelligence 
that's a matter of judgment but they will happen you've been critical in your writings about how the media reports on incidents and especially on 2611 uh you your colleagues who have written uh, after you those who uh, superannuated they have been very angry about how the media uh, reveals information yeah that's true what are the lessons that the media should have learned after 2611 what is it that you feel that there is a better sense or there or they haven't learned at all after 2611 which are the major incidents we've had pulwama we've had several yes no tendency of course is to first say failure of intelligence and then to talk about failure but the worst is when you give live commentaries on an ongoing incident that has always to be avoided because that is the worst thing in these days of satellite communications and everybody their master mind is sitting the other side watching it he knows who's hiding where and he's telling them i mean it's it's fortunate that they caught hold of kasab otherwise we would not have known anything so we have there i think this is a kind of training that we have to uh, give our media that look you please cover but don't do live coverage it's not a cricket match deferred live deferred live next day maybe don't say what is going on but ab us kamre mein chale gaye you know this is what's happening i spoken to so and so that is something that you have to strictly avoid but then uh, you know it was during the iraq war that there was something called embedded journalism mm-hmm. where uh, in a war uh, situation the military takes journalists with them the intel operatives travel with the journalists mm-hmm. and information is fed to the journalist and and then critical questions are not asked because the media is embedded with yeah. the military yeah. so we saw this during the the war that was the first war where you had that embedded journalism and all you got was that oh what what a fabulous thing that's yeah. happening everything is more in hindsight you know that there were no wmds yeah you fought a wrong war mm. obl was sitting somewhere else he was sitting right next to pindi yeah he was sitting in a different country altogether you bombed afghanistan so what is the mistake then the journalist did what he was supposed to do he didn't do live he went with the military he reported on what the intel was provided to him and what the military gave but that's he's providing doctored information the doctoring is done by the intel organization and the military yeah it is done by them to 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 uh, to strengthen your narrative to strengthen your storyline that we've done the right thing and see how great we are we got this place we got that place these chaps are running away but you don't tell the truth you don't tell the civilians how many civilians were killed or you got the wrong bomb wrong wrong place was bombed that nobody gets to hear this is part of your media management would india do that kind of media management that's falsification yeah i hope not because you if you give wrong in, information it has to be both ways smitha because the media sh- should accept that there is not everything that they should report there is always wisdom in not reporting something at that time 
because then you're hurting the guy who's fighting the war for you you're endangering him and civilians if you give out details but if you want to do it later if you want to do a critique two days three days four days later that's fair enough because we will make mistakes when these things happen we somebody will get killed by mistake erroneously it will happen because in the heat of the battle you don't really know so there has to be a, an understanding that there is a terror event and i need not talk all about talk all everything about it i should withhold something till confirmation hmm. or advice and then let it be known right now this kind of thinking that it's for the country it's for the soldier it's for uh, it's for security these are things that come naturally say because of your training you're in the RAW it would come naturally to you it would come naturally to a soldier a uniformed soldier there's no such training imparted to a journalist mm. no yes. such training imparted to now not just a journalist uh, anybody with a cell phone mm. you can pick take a picture and right? video yeah so we saw that happening in the eastern sector when the whole crisis was happening with galwan and all that there were people who were taking videos politician mm. on the ground or whatever that also happens mm. so uh, what kind of what should a civilian do at that stage he has the visual he has he has some proof that something has happened what does he do does he call the media and say hey i have pictures that that infiltration mm. has happened does he tell the cops does he what what should what should be or should he be just posted on twitter i think the responsible thing to do is to tell those who are exposed supposed to guard you or guard the territory that i have this information if you confirm it or deny it up to you but if you're going to put it out on twitter then whose cause are you serving it means that everybody knows your enemies know the man who's done it knows so does the the uh, the military man who might be seeing the twitter or whatsapp or wherever it is but then the whole world knows and uh, then you have politicians of one side taking advantage of it you have politicians of the other side denying it then you get into denial acceptance mode which helps no one so we have to i think and in the interaction between the media and the security agencies has to be livelier has to be more uh, accommodating it's usually suspicious yes it it should be look that you have it is your job to report i'm telling you to i'm helping you to report the right thing and i want you to not report this till it is over because this for reasons of security after that you can so this kind of an understanding has to be education has to be built in the media that not everything is trp not everything there is a thing called the nation that needs protection and if you're going to endanger your own men then how are you going to be able to protect them or mm. help them protect you if you're exposing everything and then they'll say i'm not going to do it because i get exposed fortunately it doesn't happen hasn't happened yet but that could be the feeling of the family who says that you know because you exposed this my husband died 
that, that is not fair at all hmm. because behind each soldier each uh, intelligence officer there is a family there is a group of friends there is an organization who are meant to provide intelligence and protection if you're going to hurt them then how do we go further what about intelligence sharing between the various arms of intelligence in the organization i mean in the country like does the ib and the raw and the military intelligence and the others do they share information or are they very territorial there is an element of territoriality that has to be admitted but we have we have a center point where information should reach that's where the sharing should take place which is where arbitration should be the jic and now i think it's the nscs where the arbitration would take place about the intelligence reports but there is there is an element of uh, you know i got it first or uh, situation uh, among um, intelligence on the ground at the field station it's also not wanting to share mm-hmm. right um without naming i would say that sometimes uh say one minister cannot get along with the prime minister that minister has got the information will not share with the pmo or the pmo has information but the action has to be taken mm-hmm. by the defense minister or by the home minister and there have been instances in the past where because of these the competitiveness of these politicians the intelligence falls through the crack what then national security is put at risk well sharing uh, if you don't share then you're obviously creating problems for everybody and uh, it has to be uh, institutionalized in the sense that you got to share it if you don't share it then has to be somebody has to be blamed for it or held responsible have you seen this happening no you have never seen this happening that intelligence was given to politicians and because of their personal rivalries We, actually RAW doesn't give any intelligence to any politician except the prime minister but for the prime minister to act he has to share that or he has to tell others do they do that it depends you know if you're if you're giving an information which relates to the army and you want to share it at a particular level then you do sometimes send the report both to the defense minister and the prime minister so it is shared and is like advice given for example you say that uh, an attack is imminent so we should preemptively attack is that kind of no that that advice no. Is not you just you just tell them we that we fear a preemptive attack that's it unless asked we will not say it what should be done is not in not the ambit of the raw no okay right so in conclusion if you when you look back on your years in the raw would you have done uh, anything differently would you have like said no this is not what i want to do i want to do something else oh <laughs> there lots of things you might have done differently hmm. but uh, how to say it no that um, it's it's all actually how you look at a situation if you think that you're an optimist and you feel that you will get a get a result from this but if you think you're a realist and you feel that you won't get any result from this so 
if you are asked then i would say no i don't think you should be doing it like this it won't work for you so apart from that living a life in the shadows not being able to uh not being able to pursue relationships with friends in a totally open and transparent manner um like you said there are sometimes you you have to keep a duplicitous personality does it impact on your psyche no i think you get used to it there are some people who can't take it and they quit and go away hmm. there are some who stay on who uh, who enjoy the work you've got to love the work you got to enjoy it and you got to be ready for surprises you you can't always be ready for surprise something will surprise you but you've got to be to expect the unexpected that has to be there in grueling hours pardon me for saying this sir but i have seen often that this happens with many uh, people who are in the security scenario when they are in office it's hammer and tongs against pakistan but once they superannuate it's suddenly bhaichara mm. how does that jekyll and hyde happen i don't know i, I can't say how. i can't answer for them i think many of us play by the ear we play that this is the the mood of the nation this is the mood of the people or i am always right so i will pursue this goal you've ordered people to kill people you've ordered people to infiltrate their homes their organizations to get information for national interest uske baad golf khelne chale jao uske baad whiskey pee lo unke sath kaise ho jata hai the experts will say that this is part of my job i have to sub on him so i have to play with him and he is playing the same game with you he wants to sub on you too so the two playing the same game that uh, i'll play golf with general x because i think i can put him in my pocket and he says he can play golf with Vikram Sood because I think I can get him. So it's so a, you're tangoing. Huh? So you play. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't work. This is also an art. It's also an art or, a, or a inbuilt ability. I'm asking a very crude question. Spies jhoot bolte hain sara time. Sara time nahi. Abhi kitna hua hai such kitna jhoot kitna filter. Figure it out. <laughs> okay, but it's true, right? It comes. Uh, naturally fibbing it comes <laughs> it comes naturally mm. okay when required you know it's not always we're not habitual yes <laughs> okay but to not openly like if if i was to ask you have you had lunch would you say no because it automatically your training automatically comes to say tell you a lie no automatically i can say yes also and no also I can say yes when I have not had it, and say no when I have had it, with But a straight face. Huh? So I have seen you for several years now. I remember this one incident uh, when Advani ji was uh, hosting a movie uh, when he was deputy prime minister. I don't know whether you recall that it was about LOC, and uh, you were sitting near Advani ji, one row behind Advani ji, or ham log bilkul aage the. All the you know, tuch prani like journalists were sitting in one corner, yeah. and we were sitting there and. in the movie uh, it was on cargill and that said ki 
इंटेलिजेंस रिपोर्ट मिली तो थी कि ये होने वाला है सो ही सेट हा वॉट इंटेलिजेंस द एंटायर ऑडियंस लुक टूवर्ड्स यू एंड योर फेस वॉज एंग्री एंड आई थॉट अभी आप उठ के चले जाओगे यू नो एंड अडवाणी जी लुकड एट यू लाइक दिस साइडवेज यू डेंट टर्न योर हेड बट योर फेस वॉज सो एंग्री आई हैव नेवर सीन अदरवाइज यू हैव दिस वेरी जीनियल एक्सप्रेशन ऑल द टाइम बट दैट डे यू वर एंग्री बिकॉज यू न्यू द ट्रूथ की इंटेलिजेंस तो दी थी ऑन द ऑन कारगिल बट दैटोरी लाइन तो बन गई ना like when uh, when this cargill review committee was going on we used to have those sessions grueling sessions and uh, coming towards the end the senior officer comes to me and says what you are saying is right but you'll have to take the rap why you are the, you got to be the fall guy here. and you were we, i mean there the was there was uh, adverse comments on rw intelligence shortage of intelligence weakness of intelligences on that we had given almost the entire orbit with the pakistan army in pok two battalions were missing that became an issue if you get 80% of the orbit right you are home so if you ask them what difference did it make to strategy if you had known these two locations would it made matter no reply so that's how it was everywhere it's always the intelligence that takes the rap and you cannot say anything to that you just do your job okay to young indians who want to be part of uh, the rw or intelligence network but don't want to really join the rw but want to in some way contribute to intelligence gathering mm. to to national causes but keep a day job elsewhere how does that work that can work actually that can work you see now the, we are at a stage where the root, the normal source of recruitment of officers and men through the upsc means you might get bright officers you might get smart people but you're going to be looking for talent of a different kind skills of a different kind which this may not provide so you got to find other avenues to find these this talent you need a financial wizard you need a cipher wizard you need uh, whatever dynamites or or, or whatever explosive uh, experts uh, communications people you need different skills because even climate change because these are now becoming issues of security sure water water um rare rare earths minerals which you've also again written yeah. in your book yes all these things you will need people where do you find them you find them in the open market what do you pay them you have to be competitive you're talking about direct recruits now i'm talking of first finding the talent okay whether they want you want to use them as lateral entries for a fixed period of time Okay. 5 years or 7 years contract over and out you help us do this project and then it's over you go or you have um people who come and stay with you and work through the other thing like the agnipath scheme sir i'm coming to that exactly okay. that you you know we now recruit a man at i think i mentioned in my book also 25 26 
he's recruited on deputation or initial induction by the time he is ready he's about 28 29 he's married he's got two kids the bigger the family you are going to be more and more risk averse you don't want to take any chances so you have a span of 30 years 30 years from 30 to 60 once he's matured but if you take a young man like like the armed forces to 16 you don't need a graduate or a post graduate to be an operator to running operations you need a guy with different skills you need a person who will be able to, adventurous gambler risk taker courageous those qualities but a nationalist but a nationalist gareem at 16 you make him your own graduate hmm. teach him language teach him a language so that by the time he's 22 or 23 is asset ready is asset ready you got him from 28 to 60 otherwise you get a man from 35 to 60 out to the last 10 years he'll be wanting a desk job beti ki shaadi karni hai you know i've got to marry my daughter off i've got to this got old parents i can't move anywhere so you're losing that time you're getting him actually 15 years here you're getting much longer hmm. and he's there with you forever right so we have to think of those uh, that's that's what i've been advocating that catch them young okay you can mold them right thank you so much sir for giving us your time and uh, sharing your experiences with us uh, wishing you all the very best thank you thank you for having me thank you for watching or listening into this podcast do like or subscribe on whichever channel you have seen this or heard this namaste jai hind